This is a five train. The next stop is Wall Street. Herzlich willkommen zu Wall Street Weekly, dem Börsenpodcast aus New York. Ich bin Sophie Schimanski und ich freue mich sehr, dass Sie wieder mit dabei sind. Heute geht es um die Börsenbarometer hier an der New Yorker Börse, die Rekord nach Rekord aufstellen und das trotz massiver Gegenwinde. Welche das sind und warum sie den Anlegern offenbar nicht viel ausgemacht haben, darüber spreche ich mit dem Chief Investment Strategen Sam Stovill von CFRA Research. Er wird uns auch eine zu dem Meilenstein passende Börsenweisheit mitgeben. Über die Auswirkungen des jüngsten Gegenwindes, die des Coronavirus und die Situation in China spreche ich mit Peter Chan in Hongkong, Gründer und CEO vom Finanzdienstleister Silverback Capital. Der Dow Jones und auch die breiter aufgestellten Indizes wie der S&P 500 kennen nur eine Richtung in den vergangenen Monaten nach oben. Dabei hat es vergangenes Jahr und in den ersten Wochen des noch jungen 2020 gleich mehrere Situationen gegeben, die dem Bullenmarkt hätten gefährlich werden können. Die Anleger nennen solche Situationen Wall of Worry, also Mauer aus Sorgen. Die Märkte klettern an diesen Mauern hoch und steigen nach oben. Das spiegelt natürlich auch das Vertrauen und die Annahme der Anleger wieder, dass es sich um kurzfristige Probleme handelt bzw. um Probleme, die bald gelöst werden können. Bewahrheitet sich diese Hoffnung nicht, wird aus der Mauer der Sorgen eine Mauer aus Angst. Aber da sind wir noch nicht. Die Mauer der Sorgen gehen wir jetzt Stein für Stein durch und Sam Stovill sagt uns, warum die Anleger diesen Sorgen so gelassen begegnen. Bis vor wenigen Tagen war auch das Impeachment-Verfahren gegen Trump eine der Sorgen an der Börse. Auch wenn dieses Thema jetzt abgeschlossen ist, bleiben genug andere Hindernisse, sagt Sam Stovill. Well, I think the, the stones in this wall of worry uh, continue to be the concerns about trade, especially with China. Uh, also concerns about inflation and interest rates, whether the Fed uh, will stay put for the year or whether they have to actually start to raise rates. And also, I think there is a concern about coronavirus and how that could be expanding, what kind of impact that would have on the global economy and therefore the stock markets. Uh, and then lastly, valuations, um, earnings, Forecast for 2020 seem to be coming down, not up. Uh, and as a result, we're now back to a very expensive bull market. Der Handelskonflikt zwischen den USA und China hat bereits deutliche Spuren hinterlassen in beiden Volkswirtschaften. Und doch hat er den Aufstieg des Daus nicht aufgehalten. Im Gegenteil. Sobald sich auch nur kleinste Schritte in Richtung Entspannung erahnen ließen, hatte das einen positiven Effekt auf die Kurse. Der Phase-One-Handelsdeal zwischen China und den USA ist für die Anleger mehr als nur ein Anfang. Sam Stovall. Well, I think the trade war did actually benefit the stock market because the S&P 500 was up about 13 percent uh, in the three months um, starting in early October in anticipation of the signing of the USMCA, the United States, Mexico and Canada trade deal uh, in anticipation of phase one being approved between the US and China. I think the real question then is whether we will end up with a phase two before for the election in November or whether it's simply something that the president will be waving about in order to uh, maintain an elevated uh, investor confidence and optimism. Im letzten Jahr hat auch eine negative Zinskurve verunsichert. 
Auf langfristige Schuldtitel gab es niedrigere Renditen als auf kurzfristige Schuldtitel gleicher Bonität. Ein Warnzeichen für Anleger, das auf Pessimismus in der kurzen Frist hinweist. Gläubiger verlangen darum eine höhere Risikoprämie. Die sonst geltende Regel wird also umgekehrt. Sie lautet, die weit wegliegende Zukunft ist schwer vorherzusehen und Gläubiger wollen dafür für gewöhnlich mit höheren Renditen entschädigt werden. In der Vergangenheit ging jeder Rezession eine umgedrehte Zinskurve voraus. Doch die Aktienanleger reagierten größtenteils stoisch. I think in the short term it did worry investors, but when investors realized that we inverted for minutes rather than even a full day uh, and we have continued to be in a positive yield curve uh, over the last several months, investors were reminded that while all recessions were preceded by an inverted yield curve, not all inverted yield curves led to recession. Die Umkehrung der Zinskurve hielt nur stundenweise an. Sobald die Anleger es bemerkten, schwenkte sie wieder in den Normalbereich. Hinzu kommt, während jede Rezession eine umgekehrte Zinskurve als Vorboten hatte, folgte nicht auf jede umgekehrte Zinskurve eine Rezession. Die US-Notenbank, die FED, reagierte in der Vergangenheit aber immer mit einer lockeren Geldpolitik auf dieses Phänomen. Und das ist auch dieses Mal wieder passiert. Die Zinsen fielen 2019 und die Bedingungen für die Aktienmärkte verbesserten sich somit sogar. Uh, however, they did always lead to the Fed starting a new rate reduction cycle, as they did in July of last year. So I think right now we're just looking at a new inflation and interest rate paradigm uh, and not necessarily looking at uh, the foreboding of an impending recession. Rekordwerte bedeuten aber eben auch teure Aktien. Auch das kann zum Problem werden. Grund für diese teure Rallye sind aktuell zum Beispiel die guten Berichtsergebnisse. Die haben den Optimismus der Anleger weiter beflügelt. Schon das Gefühl, es könnte alles gut werden, treibt die Märkte nach oben. Genau das sehen wir momentan. Preise nehmen damit Fundamentaldaten vorweg. Dazu Sam Stovey. There's an old saying that prices anticipate fundamentals and that investors are therefore saying, okay, if I'm wrong, am I overestimating or underestimating economic growth and earnings increases? And I think the conclusion is that they are underestimating those two. And in particular, they expect to see global GDP growth as well as worldwide earnings increases accelerate as we head into the second half of 2020. Uh, also, we have the presidential election in the U.S., uh, and I believe most people think that the president will get reelected at this point. So there's not as much uncertainty around as there was a year ago. Aktienpreise nehmen also auch Wahlergebnisse vorweg, kann man sagen. Und Trump zumindest bedeutet weniger Veränderung im Weißen Haus als ein neuer Präsident. Da mag uns Trump vielleicht teilweise unberechenbar erscheinen, aber die Anleger favorisieren ihn und verweisen auf die Stabilität, die eine zweite Amtszeit eines Präsidenten mit sich bringt. Right. Prices anticipate politics uh, because investors don't like uncertainty. And if you have a new person come into the White House, a new party, a new individual that injects uncertainty as to what their policies will be. Uh, and investors don't like that. But if we maintain, you know, we don't change horses in midstream, as they like to say, uh, investors tend to breathe a sigh of relief. 
Was die Anleger in den vergangenen Wochen am meisten beschäftigt hat, ist der Ausbruch des Coronavirus. Das US-amerikanische Zentrum für Seuchenkontrolle und Prävention, das CDC, sagte vor wenigen Tagen voraus, dass die Zahl der Corona-Fälle auch hier in den USA steigen wird. Die Kurse kletterten am Tag der Veröffentlichung dieser Meldung auf neue Rekorde. Obwohl das Wirtschaftswachstum in China, einem der wichtigsten Absatz- und Zulieferermärkte, vieler Branchen einbrechen könnte und wird, sagen Ökonomen, und damit eben auch das GDP der USA negativ beeinflusst werden könnte. I think whatever downturn there is because of the initial uncertainty, investors regard as a valuations vacuum and then decide I'm better off buying than I, than I am bailing. Uh, I think that what caused investors to conclude that the um, that this coronavirus is not going to present a worldwide pandemic is because uh, the number of cases had slowed down by the la the early part of last week, combined with better than expected fourth quarter earnings reports. And I think that those two factors helped to lift investor optimism. Die Anleger sind in den letzten Tagen optimistischer geworden, dass der Ausbruch keine Pandemie wird. Damit ist die Wall Street deutlich positiver als alle anderen, als die Main Street. TV-Legende Jim Cramer von der Show Fast Money. I always say, if you haven't bought yet, now you have to wait for a bit of bad news. And I think that the way that you read the front pages, there's going to be bad news. Wall Street's much more hopeful about the virus than Main Street. Kramer rät also davon ab, jetzt in den Markt einzusteigen, weil er weiter schlechte Nachrichten und damit eben fallende Aktienpreise erwartet. Was der Ausbruch des Coronavirus für die chinesischen, aber auch für die amerikanischen Investoren bedeutet, das habe ich mit jemandem besprochen, der vor Ort in Hongkong ist. Peter Chan ist der Gründer und CEO von Finanzdienstleister Silverberg Capital. Er ist spezialisiert auf Unternehmensumstrukturierungen und Unternehmensfinanzierung. Er lebt und arbeitet in Hongkong. Das Coronavirus empfindet er als Bedrohung und muss seinen gesamten Alltag umstellen, privat wie beruflich, weil Kunden sich nicht mehr aus ihren Häusern trauen. Seine Reisen und die seiner Mitarbeiter hat er absagen müssen. Hi Peter, thank you so much. I'm glad we get to talk. Hi Sophie, nice to meet you. On. Are you and your family and employees doing well? Is everyone okay? Well, luckily, we are fine in Hong Kong still. I mean, uh, the virus is hitting Hong Kong pretty hard this time. Yeah. So where in Hong Kong exactly are you located? Well, we uh, lived in the uh, Hong Kong Island side, and this is away from the uh, Shenzhen border quite a bit uh, compared to the New Territory and Kowloon side. But Hong Kong is small, though. Mm -hmm. uh, how do you personally experience the situation right now in Hong Kong? How serious... Does that threat of the outbreak feel for you? How close does it feel? I mean, uh, Wuhan is like a day trip, I feel like away, but people are still commuting. And you just said that the border has been closed. But how threatening does the situation feel for you? The, uh, the situation is quite threatening. The problem is there is no official cure yet for the virus. And everybody is basically trying to stay home or recommended to stay home. Some countries like Taiwan is already disallowing Hong Kong people to travel there in some, some way by not awarding any visa at all to Hong Kong people. And um, if you have probably heard from the news somewhere, 
Hong Kong, when you or any person trying to go to the uh, supermarket, for example, a lot of the supplies, <laughs> normal supplies, are being cleared by the public in a, a normal manner. Everybody is running into the shortage of masks, so there is a quite a bit of upset feeling about not being able to buy enough masks, even from themselves, to protect on a daily manner. So um, the situation is threatening not not because the virus is killing people, but it's threatening because the public are not accepting the situation correctly. So you are the founder and CEO of Silverback Capital. How has your business been affected by the outbreak? Well, I mean, um, we finished the Chinese New Year. And in Asia, the Chinese New Year is like a beacon mark for the start of the business for the New Year. This year is way different. So instead of a normal, friendly roadshow for us to meet uh, most of our client after the Chinese New Year, that's not going to happen at all. A lot of the things that we do normally on uh, most of our deal flows has to be done through either on, net, uh, on a net meeting, on a Skype, or on the phone rather than meeting in person to person. A lot of the traveling that we have scheduled to be outside of Hong Kong to meet some of our client or investors again, was cancelled. So it's making us very inefficient for the first time in the business that we did for so many years. So how is the outbreak affecting investors and um, what are they telling you? when it? I mean, you talked about basically the normal business day or life being completely out of order. So how is that outbreak uh, affecting your clients? This is a very good question because it goes both ways. The simple way to look at it is anything that has a that has a local component uh, will be affected. So most of our clients who had investments in Asia will be affected if they're in local internal spending-related business, for example, retail, consumer spending. But however, some of our clients in the medical arena had actually been extremely benefit from the situation. That's why you don't see a lot of non-abnormal downturn from the capital market side in Asia, although there is so much negative news coming out from this end. So this is why I call it the both-way streets uh, when it comes to about the market, especially about a client. And the other end is basically a lot of the local client is actually trying to adapt to the situation by moving some of their business as uh, to an online business as much as possible. Let me give you an ex example. Some of the uh, client that we have is actually a retail client in the food and beverage business. So now they're switching to online takeaway instead rather than having their business dependent on being on the retail level, on the streets. Mm -hmm. So um, the, most of the client that we have had adapted the same philosophies for the last uh, one and a half months. I mean, it's obviously hard to say that for all of the companies, but how much more money is that going to cost them to, to restructure their business in, in a way? How long are you going to see those effects? 
lasting for the companies? I think it will take another four months to six months to see that results. So a lot of the restaurants, is, for example, in Hong Kong, is already going out of business. So uh, if anybody comes to Hong Kong, they will see a lot of um, empty space on the street level on restaurants already. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's already hitting quite a bit in Hong Kong, but I think the net result will not be shown until, say, four to six months because Hong Kong is quite a strong economy. So most of the business of people, client here in Hong Kong has substantial uh, financial backup. But at the same time, Hong Kong has been through a lot recently. It feels like um, this is getting almost too much to deal with for businesses, for the economy, for local businesses, because there's just no phase of recovery, it seems, after the protests, now we have the virus. Yes, but I think there's also some good news that we see on a weekly basis as well. Uh, For example, just let me name like a few, which I think is worth mentioning. For example, um, one of the major banks in Hong Kong, HSBC, is providing like a $3.9 billion in additional relief to the Hong Kong businesses who has hit it by a coronavirus outbreak. For example, taxi and public light buses operator will be able to just make interest-only payments as will property secure commercial borrowers. If you're trade finance customers, you'll be able to assess up to 1.3 million US in an overdraft facility just so that uh, hopefully these local companies do live by this virus outbreaks. So uh, when we go back to investors, where do you see the appetite for Asian stocks right now? And where does that put the American capital markets as like maybe the only maybe the only market in, in the game right now that's uh, secure? Interestingly, we do look at a lot of the online businesses right now in Asia. For example, anything that has a mobile component in the game, like Uber Eats, for example, will be something that we'll be looking at. Anything that has a online component with a link to consumer spending will be looked at. Medical healthcare, definitely. We will be encouraging people to pick things up when the things kind of uh, settles down. So as I said, in four months' time, I think there will be a lot of good company with a very good pricing on the stocks because due to the uh, outbreaks, these will be like um, a hot buy because of the low price that you will be seeing coming up in the year. So um, there is still some strong companies with good concept, but due to the um, outbreak, you know, it's temporarily in a pressurized situation on the stocks only. But in the long run, these stocks will recover very quickly. So these stocks are tend to be, as I said, maybe consumer spending, a few of the property companies in Asia, and I would probably say some of the banks as well in the financial arena will be something that we will be looking at. So like you you would say that buying the dip does make sense right now in a way that the fundamentals of the companies are still intact and the only reason why the stock 
might uh, trade lower is the coronavirus outbreak. Correct. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. What is your outlook on the situation? What do you expect time-wise and how much money is lost or shifted maybe into later of the year? Well, I think the outlook is still good for Asia. There's two components to this. I would probably say 50% of the outlook will be depending on the virus. So once the virus situation is being resolved, then half of the problem is okay. <laughs> then I think the other 50% of the outlook will be depending on the trade world. I believe after the election in US, things will ease off a little bit, especially between the tension between China and US. And I'm sure by that time, both sides need to work out a solution. And um, after these two components, which I just mentioned, if they're being resolved, say by the late, say July or August, then the economy will recover very quickly. Well, thank you so much, Peter, for taking the time. All right, thanks. Have a good day, Peter. You too. Thank you. Heute gebe ich Ihnen ein sehr anschauliches Sprichwort mit. Es ist unsere Börsenweisheit in dieser Woche. Meilensteine sind wie rostige Türen, man muss mehrmals an ihnen zerren, bevor sie sich öffnen. Und dieses Sprichwort, das gibt uns Sam Stovall mit. I wouldn't be surprised if just as we approach 30,000, the market tends to dip once again. There's an old saying that uh, these high-level round numbers are like rusty doors and require several attempts before they finally swing open. Der Markt hat die Mauer der Sorge erklommen. Es gibt jedoch einen Punkt, an dem eine Wand der Sorge zu einer Wand der Angst wird. Das Einzige, was die Gier an der Wall Street übertrumpfen kann, ist Angst. Auch die vor schwindelerregenden Bewertungen. Ein kleiner Taucher kann da schon mal passieren, bevor sich die Tür zu den 30.000 Punkten öffnet. Das war's von mir, für heute zumindest. Wenn Sie Anregungen, Wünsche, Feedback haben, schreiben Sie mir einfach eine E-Mail an wallstreetweekly at mediapioneer.com. Wir hören uns nächsten Montag wieder. Haben Sie eine erfolgreiche Woche. Ihre Sophie Schimanski. Musik